Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Christ gives to us a very important word today, as he does every Sunday. But it's one that this generation needs to hear. It is that God actually assigns a value to life. A value that is not measured by gold or silver or any other currency of this world. It's a value that cannot and should not ever be devalued by this false god of mammon. Whether you have watched the news or not, this truth remains that we are living in a culture of death. It teaches that people's lives are, in fact, of little to no value. When you can pass legislation that ends life in a womb and or look for methods in which to euthanize the old, you are living in a culture of death. When you are in a culture that goes to war over everything and incites its nation to fear, you are living in a culture of death. Can you imagine, as many of you probably can, what it's like to be a child in a culture of death. Whether you have lived through wars yourself, whether you have faced famine, need, want, or whether you are a child today, living in the land where we abort our young and can euthanize our old. What is it saying about life? That life has no value. That you should actually question your existence. Whether you were worth it those nine months. Those 18 years. Whether you are worth it in your old age past retirement. What value do you have? I can see it now. You're looking at it. You're evaluating your life based on the standards that our world has given you to evaluate it on. But there is a standard greater than the world's standard. It is the standard of our God who says that you are valuable. That you are more valuable than every animal, every beast, every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. For God created you and he formed you in your mother's womb. He breathed the breath of life into you. And when that life that you had been given from your mother was a life full of sin, he gave you something even greater. He gave you the life of his son, Jesus Christ. He redeemed your life from the pit. You are much more valuable than this world will ever tell you that you are. God shed his blood for you on the cross. He saved you from the bottomless pit that mammon drives men into. He rescued you from the hand of all of your enemies. You are valuable. God teaches us this day that you cannot be bought at a price and should not sell yourself for the price of silver and gold and this world's offerings. 
you are bought the price of his blood. Not to be ever sold or bartered away. The only one who wants you at the price of money, of wealth and fame is the devil. He's the only one buying at that price. And there are suckers born every day who will sell their life for it. What foolishness to give up a life of promise and peace for a life that is always chasing the next dollar. Christ says something about our worth. He does not compare us to the animals like the scientists and the sociologists will have you do. You are not like the animals. You are not their equal. You are greater than they. God has given you all the earth and he has said to subdue the earth. That is to use it for its good. For the Lord gave every plant and every beast for us. We are not evolved from them. We have the very image of God and the life of God in Christ. We are his children. This changes how we should live. Because we don't need to live in fear if we are valued by the value that God gives us. There is nothing to fear for those who are in Christ Jesus. And you are. You are baptized into his death and into his resurrection. You belong to the kingdom of God. And that makes all the difference. It changes how we live. Because we don't look at money or wealth as the world does. You cannot serve both. Many have tried, but they've always failed. Because look at what money does to people. It has a wicked power to become the standard by which you judge all things. If you worship money, all of your decisions are based on money. Think about what this world had. What our, just our nation had. What was the mindset following the Great Depression when people didn't have money? I need to work and work and work in order that my children never have to suffer what I suffered. And they longed for that. And then what happened to that greatest generation? Many of their children saw how much they worked and worked and worked. And then they stopped attending church. What happened to the families that grew out of that? who said that church has no value and that everything else should have value. So they said, we need to chase after our careers as our parents did. We won't have children until we have a secured financial background. And so they put off having children. And now what are we down to? Most families have less than two children. One and a half children, is it? As they call by statistics. People choose work over worship because they can't afford the lifestyle that they have chosen to live if they do not give every hour to the job that they have chosen to pay for that lifestyle. And who among us can argue that our judicial, legislative, and executive branches of government have not been corrupted by the worship of mammon? 
If it happened in the Old Testament where God warns numerous times, do not take a bribe and pervert justice just because the person is rich or because they are poor, it doesn't matter. You show no favoritism. You remain just. If it was a warning that God gave so many times in the Old Testament, do you just think that we have magically cured such things in our government today? Give me a give me a government that is pure. We don't have it. Mammon has corrupted all levels of our society, but it began in the family. Trying to worship both has led to the demise of a church and a demise of value within a society for life. Let's not be like that. Let's instead rise above that. The worship of mammon. Let's repent of all of those things that we have done which have led us astray into fear and unrest in our life. Chasing after things that have no promise or guarantee because that's what your investor will tell you. I can't control the market. You've watched in these past few years a rise in just about everything. Gasoline, food, clothing. You go to the grocery store, you go anywhere and you see a price that has gone up. But the one thing that has not gone up is the value for life. But Jesus says today that that should change. He says, wake up in the morning. Consider the bird that has not sowed for its food or reaped the harvest or built barns in order to care for itself. And yet, look at it. It sings its song and rejoices in the Lord who brings the food. Are you not much more valuable than they? And what about the lilies? You've read about Solomon. He sent people away with gifts because he was so rich. He had the favor of so many kings because he was wealthy by the Lord's good gifts. And yet God says here, not even the lilies were arrayed, or sorry, not even Solomon was arrayed like these lilies. In all of his glory, he didn't possess what they possessed because they did nothing for it. No prayer no asking a request of God, no favor among people. They woke up and God made them to bloom. The beauty that is captured in the world of God's creation should teach us how much God values us. That even though this perverse and wicked generation has continued on in sin, God still gives to us life. And still sends forth his message of the gospel, which redeems and saves these lost and condemned sinners who by their own reason and strength could not believe in Jesus Christ. He comes to them. He calls them out and says, come after me. Seek after my righteousness and all these things that the Gentiles seek after. They shall be yours. Do not fear were the words that Elijah gave to the widow of Zarephath. It's the words that you need to hear today. 
Do not fear. Do not worry. You can't add anything to your life by worrying. In fact, the only thing that you're going to get in life by worrying is you're going to give something up. You're going to give up your relationships. You're going to give up your faith. You're going to give up life by worrying. It's the way that the devil gets a foothold in your otherwise perfect life. As soon as worry can enter in, there the devil has what he needs. Because then where worry is, fear sets in. And where fear is, that is not fear of God, but fear of life. You turn away from trusting in God above all things. You replace God in your heart with an idol, a false God, who can bring no security to you. So don't put such great weight in mammon. Realize that God has promised all these things to you. Because food gives satisfaction for just a moment, but you're going to be hungry again. And you'll have to go again to the market to buy. Water quenches the thirst, but if you go too long without it, you'll again become thirsty and have a dry mouth. Clothing looks great for a while, but after a handful of washes, does it really still have that same radiance of when you first purchased it? Over time, it becomes tattered and old. God doesn't wish for any one of us, especially his children, to give yourself over to the God of mammon when you can have the lasting peace that comes from faith in Christ. He isn't a nasty God who promises you to care for these things, but then can't deliver on the promises. That's mammon. God is the God who does deliver on the promises. And he has left you a very thick book to read in which you can see God's faithfulness throughout every generation. To all those who seek after the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he blesses. It's his promise, and he cannot lie. He will accomplish it. He will do it. He has given to you the greatest gift of his own son. Romans 8 says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him that is with Christ also freely give us all things? Do not fear. Do not worry. How much more valuable are you to God? So valuable that he did not spare his only son, but gave him up for you. Mammon wants you to be scared and to live in fear. Mammon is not a good God. But the God of all who created you, redeemed you, and sanctifies you, bids you not to live in any fear, but to in fact live in the peace which he supplies through his word and through his promises so that you can wake up in the morning and consider the birds and the grass and the lilies. So no matter what your sorrows are at the beginning of the day, you know whose hand you rest in. 
so that in the evening and in the morning, no matter where you are, you can commend yourself into the hands of God, trusting that he shall care for you. Because the righteousness of God that he gives, that he calls you to seek after, is not earned by you, merited like your paycheck. It's not your perfect obedience to, to the Ten Commandments. It is the gift that Christ has given in his faithful obedience to God. It is all the doings and the sufferings of Jesus. It's Jesus' work for you. The perfect submission to the Father, all the way to being obedient to death on the cross, where he bore your sins, your faithlessness, your fear, your worry. God in Christ bore it all to the cross. And he gives to you his perfect righteousness and secures for you peace. And he gives to you in baptism his Holy Spirit to guard this faith and protect it, to fight against all of the flesh which wants to go right back to mammon, to fear. But by the gift of the Holy Spirit and the righteousness of God, he guards and governs your hearts so that you can be protected from all of this, so that you can see in the midst of the culture of death and the darkness that surrounds us, that you have value and that that value has been given to you by God. You are his children. You are his holy ones. He, like a good father, does not wish for you to worry about anything. When you have a vehicle that needs to be fixed and you don't have the money for it, when your market shares take a hit and so your pension is lacking, when all of your health bills add up and when your body is deteriorating, when the God of mammon shows himself for who he really is, a liar and a thief of life and of value, it is the Holy Spirit who enters in and gives to you this blessed wealth that all that you are is bound up in all that Christ is. And he is everything. He is your peace, your hope, your salvation. He has brought to you the kingdom of everlasting value, of righteousness and purity, of innocence. One that shall not fade away or, or tarnish like our world's wealth will. He has brought to you the resurrection of the body, and the hope of everlasting life. That's what makes you rich, valued beyond any measure of this world. So knowing how valued you are to God, don't work your whole life so tirelessly towards what the world wants you to chase after and to perish then alongside those who have worshipped mammon. Your life is secured in Jesus. So live in Christ. And follow the God who teaches you not a culture of death, but the culture of life. Valued by his own creating and his own redeeming and his own sanctifying. For there is no more need in this life for worry when you are in his kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.
May the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord.